You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Welcome to the Best Soccer Show. The best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go, Best Soccer Show, Backheel.com. Jason Davis, Jared Dubois with you on a Sunday, 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 Oscar Sunday. This is Jared's Super Bowl. I know we say this every year. It's been like five of them now, four or five years, every year I call I, it. I feel I feel like I should like, the, my Super Bowl really is the Emmys because I'm a TV guy. I'm not a movie guy necessarily. Okay. I'm much more a TV guy. Like the Emmys are a bigger deal for me okay, than so, this. But, so the, but the, the pageantry, Jason, the, the pageantry on display tonight. <laughs> the Emmys are your Super Bowl. The, the, yes. the Oscars are your alternate MLS Cup. How about my that? FA Cup, yeah. Your FA Cup. Okay, so it's a secondary competition to you. Now, of course, the Oscars are a bigger deal than the Emmys to everybody else in the world. Everybody else cares more about the Oscars, right? Well, I haven't seen one of the Best Picture nominees. <laughs> Not one. I don't know. What's on that list? Do you have that in front of you by any chance? Can I have to see American Sniper, no, Catch Foxcatcher. I haven't seen it. Um, uh, Imitation Game, which I actually want to see. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen that. Okay. Um, uh, Theory of Everything, I think. Boyhood. Haven't seen it. Yeah, I, 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 none of these things. I think Boyhood is like the documentary of Freddie Adu. Um, <laughs> That's cold. That's pretty you know, cold. It would be kind of funny though, right? A twelve. Is he, what if? What if he had signed up for a twelve-year documentary or movie or a documentary that did one year of his life in one like in like ten-minute snippets over twelve years? Isn't How it, amazing would well, that have been if he had signed pen to paper <laughs> that long ago? Well, that's a, that it would be amazing. But it's all Grand Budapest Pest yeah, Grand Budapest Hotels on there. I haven't seen that either. I, I think I think that that's exactly the reason why you don't sign up for something. Freddie Adu's is a Freddie Adu's career is a cautionary tale against signing up for that type of documentary, right? Because you yeah. because he would the whole thing would be womp womp. Yeah, I, I think but I think we beat up we beat we beat up on Frankie. I forgot Frankie Adu. We're doing Freddie Adu pretty bad last week, so I don't want to go too far down the road hole yeah. this week. Okay. But that being said, as just as a fan, kind of like just like listen, we we why does TMZ successful? It's successful because it deals with the seedy side of celebrity. Yeah, you know, and so there's a part of me that a 12 year documentary on Freddie Adu, like checking on him every year, would have been incredibly entertaining for me. I, no, but I, I get it, I, I and it speaks to where Jason has a very staunch like uh, opinion on how not, the, uh, the, you treat Freddie Adu as a very cautionary tale, and you're very, very careful when we talk about young players. I tend to be, yes, and I think Freddie Adu has a lot to do with that, but not not just about Freddie Adu. It's about about overhyping kids before they've proven anything. I think that's a fair a fair take on on the situation. I mean, I think I got a lot of support out there in the community on this issue. Don't don't you? I mean, I want to get excited about phenoms and. And, and prospects and guys who may one day lift a World Cup for the U.S. national team. I, I just don't think it's going to happen right now. So I want to want to see these guys get there before I start uh, crowning them. And I'm I'm not a, I'm not one of those people who thinks that they necessarily respond to the hype negatively. I think that they we just uh, we get our our hopes up. And I don't like I don't like having my hopes crushed, Jared. I don't like being told something's going to happen or having lots of hints that something's going to happen or having somebody string me along. Only to be let down in the end. It's sort of like Christmas, you know. You don't if you if your parents start dropping hints, dude. We got you the best present ever. You're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna so love your present. Or oh, Santa Claus is gonna bring you something you're gonna love. And you think it's like the new Xbox or the new gaming system, and it turns out to be like I don't know a new bike. I mean, not, nothing wrong with a bike, but come on. Yeah, but yeah, is it an Xbox One though? No, it's not an Xbox One. A bicycle is not an Xbox One. You heard that here first. Basically, every Christmas is a chance for your parents to show you how out of touch they are with who you are as a person. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I think that our generation, and yes, we're a video game generation, so that uh, that helps on that front. And we're an electronics generation. We we we've got the iPads and the and the touch and you know and the smartphones and everything else. So we we're already connected with that. Do, don't you think that we overcompensate a bit? Maybe just a little bit. Yeah, I, I think more than anything, I'm very cautious how much my kid gets. Listen, my kid gets to play a lot of games on like the Kindle and stuff like yes, that, like right. ones that are like a parental approved kind of stuff. But I'm very, very limited on getting him. Like, I don't know what age is the right age to get him a console. Yeah, well, my kid's six, and I passed this Christmas. I passed on the console. Chose not to do it because I figured it would be a very dark road 
towards a very obsessed kid. I just, can't I just know, I just know how much like StarCraft ruined my college years. <laughs> yeah, you know, for you, StarCraft. For me, Goldeneye destroyed me in college. Yeah, destroyed me. Yeah. So it's like I, I feel like for the and partly because my parents got me a Nintendo completely unchecked because it was like they didn't know what kind of crack they were putting in my house. Yes, but they also didn't know. I don't think they were completely aware of the stuff. Like, I went to my buddy's house and played Mortal Kombat. Do you think my parents were cool with Mortal Kombat when I was nine? Like, I don't think so. Oh, God, no. No. By the way, the phone lines are open all night, all hour long. 347-756-6276 is the phone number. Jump in on any of that stuff, whatever the hell that just was, or anything soccer-related. And, and Jared, putting together, uh, putting together the outline for tonight's show, it's just a bunch of little stuff. Like, I feel... Is this is this because MLS is almost here in terms of when it's supposed to start? I know CBA stuff is out there, but it's kind of like a, like an Asian porno, just a lot of little stuff. Well, <laughs> that's not that's not right. Jay Rodius. Trevor's going to have to answer some emails on that one. But do you think that it's like a lull, like the calm before the storm, or is it just? I mean, and when I say little stuff, no, yeah. it's the no, no, no. We're in the eye. It's the eye of the storm, Jason, because the eye of the storm is the most where it's most calm. I see, and the and the storm being the CBA. Okay, we have a one week window right here, two week window right here. That something has to get done, so all things are on silent. You know, if it's a submarine, hunt for October, one ping only, got to be silent, and it's. I'm worried how big the storm is around us and we can't see it because we're in the middle uh, of it. Here's a question to pose to our listening audience who would, uh, who we would love to call in 347-756-6276. And this is worst case scenario and it's going to bum you out and I'm sorry. But if there is no start to the, if the MLS season does not start on time, if there is a strike and the, the league season, which I think is March 6th is the first match and then that's like a Thursday or Friday and we lead into the weekend. So let's just say the whole weekend from Thursday on. Because we know that, that the weekend starts on Thursday. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do if there's no MLS? Because I think if you are into this league, if you care about a, t a specific team, absolutely. But just if you care about this league in general, if you care about American soccer, you've got your eye. You're targeting that date. You may have plans. Either you're going out to the game if it's local. You're watching on television. Maybe you're going to a watch party. Those things are ticking up all over the place. Maybe you're just going to sit at home with a couple of Natty Lights and a bowl of chips and watch you some soccer. What's going to happen? Yeah, I'm just wondering, are, are people already making contingency plans? Right. Like, like I, 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 Have you pinned in that you're going to be at an MLS game that you may have season tickets for? Are you already are you already making other plans? You know, like, you know what? I can't count on MLS to be ready that right. weekend, so I'm going to do this instead. Yeah, like I'm, I'm wondering like if people can set up, like they're going to set a bug out bag just at the door, just in case. Like if there's no MLS on my television, I'm going to go As ski. If they're pregnant. I'm going to go skiing or... I'm gonna take like I'm gonna go to my buddy's house, you know, if he lives an hour no, away. No, really. I mean, let's let's say your buddy, like, if someone if someone calls you up right now and says, "Hey, Bachelor listen, party man, I got uh, like we're, there's uh, I, out here in California right now. Warren G is doing kind of like a, a like a reunion tour, okay? If some, my buddy comes to me and says, "Hey, listen, I got two tickets to Warren G. Are you in? On the same night as the Galaxy opener right now." I don't know that I'm going to go to the Galaxy opener because I don't know. I'm going to pass up two tickets to Warren G. Cause he, I mean, like, mount up, you well, know? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that, that would that would keep me from going to a Warren G concert is the fact that Nate Dogg can't be there. But that's a different story for I a know. different day. R.I.P., man. Not, nine one Nate Dogg and Big Hawk, man. R.I.P. 917, you're on the air. Who's this? Speak up. 917. I can hear. We can hear oh, you. I hear him. And he hung up. That's just sometimes people lock up a little bit. I, you give you give them no credit for having technical issues, though. I could hear like his car, like the the bing bong in his car, or whatever that was. I could hear it. I could hear him. Something was happening, or her. I don't what if it's one of our listeners that is like snowed into their car on the East Coast and was calling us for help because <laughs> they know we're live right Man, now? You don't even know what's going. What happened around here yesterday? Anyway, three four seven seven five six six two seven six is your phone number. If you have contingency plans, I mean, again, I mean, college basketball is still going on. Like, I think that might be even conference tournament time, Jared, if you're one of those people. You can certainly fill your Saturday with something else besides MLS. But I, what if what if your what if your job revolves around let let's say you are the well, for example, you're, you yourself, you're a writer that who, covers uh, that covers uh, soccer. Yes. Like. Are you going to have uh, deadline gigs? I mean, granted, you can write about the fact there aren't games, so maybe that's not a good scenario. But 
What about the guys who make their living at these stadiums? I mean, that, that's rough. Oh yeah, that's rough. Yeah, uh, the, the MLS players. I'm 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 only kidding here because I certainly understand their their plight and the stand that they're taking. But um, MLS players, by going on strike, are taking you know taking money out of the pockets of thousands of people. That's happening. If yeah, they don't I mean, play, we should just say though. I mean, listen, the players technically are the ones that strike, and that's why there won't be games. But both sides of sure take some responsibility. Okay, both sides take some responsibility, and maybe that's the other question to ask here. Again, do you have a contingency plan if there's no MLS uh, when the season when the season's supposed to start? And number two, where are you right now? Are you leading p- players or owners in terms of who you think has the the high ground and who's I guess I morally guess, or, you, or like the actual <laughs> advantage in the talk. I suppose that the question needs to be asked this way: If there is no soccer on March sixth, who do you blame? Oh man, <clears throat> I guess man, I might. I, it's rare someone ever doesn't go with the players. You know, the players are always kind of saying as the good guy. And listen, I know the players aren't getting what they want just yet, but oh man, it's that's tough. I I really don't know. I think initially we initial week I would hold off from holding players responsible. You know, because I just assume that big business is not giving them a fair shake. Do you think that it? Do you honestly believe? That an MLS player strike would have any impact on the owners of this league? Maybe some of the smaller owners, but but not the big. Well, well, maybe it's a you know again you sort of need the owners who just love soccer, love their teams, want to see their teams out there. Maybe they're the ones. No, but that, I, to, to speak what I talked about earlier, I mean these owners aren't they don't just own a team; they own all the employees of these teams. I mean, there's got to be a transparent pressure about the fact that people aren't going to be working in their organizations that they employ. They're failing them, not just the players. They're failing all these people that they pay who won't be having jobs to do on given on that given day. Yeah. That, so there's a tremendous way. No matter what, what, listen, do they care? That's a different question. But there is a pressure on these owners as well because they have organizations not running, if that's the case. And if you actually have a heart inside your chest and you know the guy that's getting paid minimum wage to do it to sell you hot dogs to the, the soccer fans is going home without a job that day, I think that should be pressure on you. Well, a lot of those a lot of those people are hired, party, hired yeah, yeah, hired by a third party. Now, whether or not they can be given other jobs in, in light of an MLS player strike, I don't I don't know. I mean, I would hope so. I hope there's some way to get them some money. Um, have them be able to make their wage if there is no if there is no MLS. But it's just the bottom line is that it would be a terrible, terrible thing. It'd be a terrible thing. What do, what do you mean, think? About, okay, so uh, listen, you may not you may not want to go into this, but Trevor just reminded me. Okay, like, <laughs> what do you think about the biggest news organization for MLS news? MLS is basically not covering the CBAs. What do I think about it? I yeah. I understand why they're not covering it, but I but it also doesn't look great. You know what I mean? Like I, I get, I understand why they really can't do it, but at the same time, it's, 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 it, it is, it does seem like it's not. Nothing's happening. Nothing's wrong. Everything. You're it's, either it's, a soccer news site or you're not. I, I suppose that's true to a certain extent, but you know what you're getting when you go there. I mean, this is, this is, um, East Asia, Eurasia, whatever the, whatever the, what's the name of the actual country that, that the guy lives in in 1984? You know what's coming out of this. It, it, maybe it's not completely, co- uh, you know, changed propaganda. It's like government sanctioned news. Yeah. Maybe it's not manipulated propaganda, but you do know that you're not going to get the negative side of the story. You don't expect the Russian, you don't expect Pravda to talk about how people are dying in Russia from malnourishment because of bread shortages. I'm not saying that's happening. I'm just saying you don't expect that to be reported on, do you? No, I guess not. But I, damn it, 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 it! What bothers me is that MLS actually does MLS, uh, MLS soccer dot com actually does a pretty dang good job in terms of of news coverage. Do, it, does it bother me sometimes that that's one of the best places to go instead of an independent place? Yes, but they do a pretty dang good job, to be honest with you. They have access. But I mean, that's the it's point. Still, it's still rough for me when when I like there's the the biggest story I want to read about isn't covered in a place that I would normally go for with some of that news. Uh, again, you have to know what you're getting when you go there. If you're typing into your web browser, mlssoccer.com, and it's the league's website, you just know. You just know it's not going to be something they're going to talk about. And you go to a independent source, and hopefully that there are hopefully there are enough people out there filling those gaps. Again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not, I'm really not making a judgment. I'm not saying it's right that they don't have coverage. I'm I'm saying I'm saying you have to. As a as a fan, it just deal. deal I, I agree with, with you. It. I get it. 
I understand all the logical parts of my brain understand why it doesn't get reported on there. But it just points out the failings of soccer media even more in this country that we have to have the discussion. Oh, yeah, all. no, no. The, 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 the day that soccer fans in this country, MLS fans, let's be honest, the day that MLS fans don't need the league website to give them their news or to fill in the gaps or to tell them the story about the player who came from Africa and made his way to the United States with $3 and tried out and made, made the team. The day we don't have, we don't need the league website to do that is the best day in American soccer history. Because it yeah, I think MLS would probably tell you the same thing. Yeah, they probably would. They probably would. I understand why they set up what they set up because they, they wanted to cover the league in a way that nobody else was doing. And yeah, there's no, there's not enough money out there in other places for the league to get covered the way the NFL is, the NBA is, Major League Baseball is. And that's the problem. Here's a, here's, here's a tweet to our question earlier for someone that couldn't call in. This is from Tolstoy FC on Twitter who says, no contingency plan. I do not expect the season to start on time. Well, do, what, there's, what do one, you, there's one person weighing in there. What are you doing, man? Maybe you just go in the backyard and like very like Charlie Brown music plays and you just hit the ball against the fence for like an hour, just kicking the ball. Now, 571, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going? What's up? What's going on, man? Not much. Um, so my question is, what what do you guys think is going to happen with Concacaf? Um, DC is in Concacaf and Montreal's in Concacaf. Yeah. So where are we gonna? The, the, what's going to happen if there's a work stoppage? My understanding, and you've got games before the league season supposed is supposed to start. My understanding is that those teams will compete in that tournament under an agreement that the uh, previous CBA holds at least until the season begins for for MLS league. So basically what what basically what it is is those teams are are preparing and they're going to play in that tournament despite the fact that the CBA negotiations are going on. What happens after that I don't know. If there's a strike then I don't think they they're going to play in those games. So how are they so my thing is, if they're going to have a work stoppage, and then we still have CONCACAF, and we're not going to be able, say, D.C. or Montreal go on and to the next round, and we're still on the work stoppage, are we, how are we going to even perform? Somehow, I bet you that those up? games happen in some way. No, I, I, well, I don't think they would. I honestly don't think they would. If there was a flat-out work stoppage in MLS past the drop-dead date of March 6th, I don't think those teams are playing in the CONCACAF Champions League, and they would probably forfeit, forfeit those matches. The players can't cross the line to go play in the Champions League, which ultimately looks good for MLS if they win, when they're trying to force MLS to give them changes in the way the league is structured. You can't so do it'll that. Be mo- it'll be more of an embarrassment to MLS then. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think I would blame the players necessarily, but it would be an ML- embarrassment for MLS teams to play the first leg. i got to look at the schedules. But the, the first legs are coming up. Okay, 20... 20- I think it's a six, the DC's game the for uh, wait, the, the last one. The six, yeah, I believe the six is the, the, the last leg. The second leg is on the sixth. Yeah. So yeah, so you would obviously have a problem because if the players decide to strike, that's the day they're going to strike. So I don't know. Montreal plays. Uh, Montreal plays. Montreal plays on the twenty fourth. So that's that's on Tuesday, right? Right. DC yeah. United plays on Thursday. Those are the first legs of those of those matchups. And then, as you said, the second leg, the second leg for Montreal is March third. The second leg for DC is March fourth. So I guess they'll probably finish out that round before there's a strike. How these things usually work out, I think, is just the owners are going to get pressured by the fans. I mean, wait, where is that? Where? Hello? Where is that? Who's who's doing that? Do do you hear pressure? I don't hear pressure. Where's the pressure coming from? Who's pressure? I mean. I don't, I think eventually there will be pressure. I think, um, like, I mean, it's just how it usually happens. Like, if you look at NBA, if you look at NHL, if you look at NFL, like, those, eventually the fans get kind of upset. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I, I yeah, think. But that, how, do, how are they going to voice that? What's the platform yeah, for voicing uh, that? Are they going to stand in front of the, the league, the, the, their local team's offices and pick it? What, what do they do? Is it a hashtag their, campaign? Yeah, how it, much pressure can you put you on the owners? You don't think like the supporter groups or like, just say, I don't know, like blogs, supporter groups would put out statements and like say, hey, like, look, we're kind of tired of this. We want you guys to figure it out. No, I think they um, might. I think they might. I just don't know whether or not it's going to have any impact on the owners. Like I, I, they live in their ivory tower. They're gonna be meeting in their ivory tower in New York City before they go and talk to the players again. Ultimately, the only thing that's going to hit them is is you know blows to their bottom line. So if the if if fans start calling up and saying, 
Well, either we're, we're boycotting games once you do start playing, because again, there's no games to boycott, or we're canceling our season tickets, or we're boycotting your sponsors, or I, I don't know. Again, what kind of pressure can the players? The, the, the can owners they- are lucky in that the, the, this is preseason, so there's no games inside their stadium for supporter groups to do tifos, chants, anything like that that may be negative to to basically disparage the ownership and their position in the CBA talks because it's preseason. You don't have that. And then once the talks, once the decision is made not to play the season or not to play the first games of the season, that venue is still not there. Yeah. I, so I, I, the I owner's don't. in a pretty beneficial position in terms of fan, uh, fan sway, I would say. I just don't know that they can, man. I, I really wish they could. I really wish the, the fans could rise up in some single voice and figure out a way to put pressure on the owners. But the owners care about their bottom line. The owners care about their money. The owners care about whether or not the league is going to be successful and profitable in the near future. So their only concern is protecting their investment. That has nothing to do with fan, with what little fan pressure there is right now. Now you could, you yeah, could, but you know what? Just in a small reaction for terms of people that I see talking on Twitter to us about this and like our caller so far, I feel like the negativity is in the owner's court. I mean, I, I feel like that that's where a lot of negativity is going. It's going to the owners. You know, but are the players asking for too much this September round with free agency? No. Players, yeah, I no, I don't think so. I, I kind of think so, though. They they are asking for too much on free agency because, I mean, one one entity is kind of being threatened, and then you're just like, what what about the little guy? You know, the guy who's making 40 grand or one guy making, like, what is the minimum? I think it was like 36. And it's 35 or something like that, I believe. Yeah, so like, what do you, what about those guys who aren't going to get their paychecks if they do strike? You know, you can't, oh, no, of you course. can't tell me. Of course, but, then, but like, players will tell you they're doing this like, for that me, guy. I'm not yeah, yeah. Struggling out here. Thanks for the call, man. Um, I, I appreciate it. I'm going to let it go. Uh, he, he, he's got a point about those, those lower salary guys, but again, their history is littered with, with, uh, workers who have gone on strike while making very little money to make their point to get to get what they want so that they can make more money in the future or just have some stability in the future or in this case have the option of choice. Now here's a here's a good question, Jared. And mm-hmm. and, and the, well, actually, no, this won't be an, this won't be something we can do. This is a problem. The NASL and the USL don't start until April, as far as I know. So they, yeah, you, I know. I saw. I I just highlighted that tweet as well. This is from Ross Hart. He says, "Are there not USL or NASL games?" No, and there are not. <laughs> bo- there are not. But just imagine if there were. I mean, this would be a golden opportunity for those two uh, leagues that fly under the radar of most MLS fans. If you wanted American soccer, you would be turning to them. I would think so. I mean, I, you know, I know. I, I listen. I tell you all the time. I don't. I'm a guy. It doesn't have time for USL and ASL. I, I just raise my hand. I don't got time for it. I can watch one league pretty much, and that's MLS. But if it wasn't there, yeah, I, I'd be wanting to see how uh, Danny Satella is doing or something like that. <laughs> Damn, dog. In a probes. I think it's. I think it is a. It's not a missed opportunity because they like they have their own schedule. They're working on, uh, you know, they're working on what's best for them, and for what's best for them is is an April an April uh, launch, an April kickoff. So. You really can't blame them for not being around, but you're right. In, in in a situation where MLS is not playing on the weekend of of March 7th, I'm probably looking, oh, look, here's a stream for the NASL game of the week or whatever it is. I can go watch this. The Cosmos are taking on the Strikers. I will find out what this is all about, and I will see if Raul's playing. I mean, that's not going to be the case because they're not going to be playing yet. But, so there's, I'd also be interested. To, I'd be interested to know... If these were happening simultaneously, now this is going way down the rabbit hole here, so stop me and bring me back to back to life if I go too far here. If this thing is still happening when the USL season kicks off, does that mean the players for a team like Galaxy's Los Dos yeah. or Seattle Sounders two do they not play? I don't know. I would guess that if the if a player the player in question has an MLS contract, he would not be playing. So let's say Robbie Rogers trying to come back from injury, trying to get his legs underneath him, trying to learn a new position. He's an MLS player. He's on an MLS contract. He's striking. He's not playing for Los Dos. But you've got you've got some younger players who are signed specifically to USL contracts, which I are think technically that, the same owner for a lot of these teams, though. No, but I still think that they would play. Because they have. I wonder a, if they USL strike. Contract. You know how sometimes unions strike to support other unions. Some. I wonder if those players sometimes. would not play. Maybe, maybe. I mean, that, are they? Cause, would would other players look at them as a scab? Uh, in playing in USL, playing in the reserve for, division for the same team that owns both of them, the same owner that owns both those teams. Maybe, 
Maybe. You want to go right. up and you want to play with these guys one yeah. day, right? Yeah, maybe it's a solidarity thing. They, yeah, I, I mean, maybe you're right. And, and eventually they will be, you know, they will be playing. They will be hopefully earning an MLS contract, which means they're going to want those same freedoms that the MLS players are fighting for now. Now, yeah, So w- just a couple of people weighing in right here in terms of who owns the responsibility or so far in terms of fans mind. Um, this Jeff CC Tuba says owners first in terms of blame, but they're not completely at fault. Pat Houlihan says the owners are to blame for a potential MLS strike. I mean, so far, a lot of these are kind of... I, I, this one says uh, MLS proper. This is from uh, Johnson uh, Johnson KJ7. He says MLS proper is to blame, not the owners, because they just own subsidiaries of the franchises that, that is MLS. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not going that down that one. No, I'm right. not going down that one. The the owners, whether or not they are franchise owners of uh, owner operators of franchises that are wholly owned by MLS, they are still ultimately responsible for making the decisions that go into how this league is. They structured. choose to lock their doors. They choose to do that. All twenty of them, or whatever it is, all those all of those guys who are writing the checks to MLS that then pay the salaries of players. Those guys ultimately decide how this league operates. It's not Don Garber. What do you mean by MLS proper? I don't even know what that means. Does that mean Don Garber? It means MLS overall. Mark think, Abbott, Mark Abbott, the architect of single entity. It's impossible to blame Don Garber because he's literally employed in to by the owners. Yes, exactly. He's to, to, he's basically uh, yes. the rep. If it's the House of Representatives and he's like the, the leader of the House, he's representing all the people in his district. That's basically what Don Garber is. Something like that. Yes, exactly. I don't know. Maybe. That was a weird analogy. I don't know politics. It's a weird analogy, but it's all I had on the yeah, fly. Yeah, that's fine. All right, three four seven seven five six six two seven six. Again, it's a bunch of little stuff tonight. Uh, obviously, the CBA is a big thing, and I, and I know we're going to get consistently yanked into the CBA discussion every single week until the season starts or the players are back. Uh, it's just going to happen. I get that. We can certainly talk about it. Give us a call. We will hit us up on Twitter at, at Best Soccer Show, and we will. But I've got a couple of other things here. That I think uh-huh. we are that are worth mentioning. Uh, speaking of player strikes and, and disagreements, and this is a, something that was presented to me by a soccer morning listener. I didn't even know about this, Jared. And I just want we'll, we won't spend a lot of time here. But uh, you obviously have not only the MLS players uh, situation with the, with the owners in the CBA, but you have the national team stuff is still ongoing. And we we you know I don't know. If there's a lot of news right now to talk about, but we are continuing our march towards Gold Cup and the preparations for Gold Cup. And one mm-hmm. of those things is a game against uh, against Denmark. There's several games set up on the U.S. soccer schedule in Europe coming up. That those are, these are the games that Jurgen Klinsmann likes to use to test the team. We're going to go to Europe. We're going to test ourselves. One of those games is Denmark in Denmark. And I've been told that the Denmark national team players are in a dispute with the federation over pay, and that there's some sort of deadline. And it's very possible that those players will be either on strike or refusing to play for the national team come the U.S. friendly. In Denmark in March, if you're Jurgen Klinsmann, yeah. what do you do about that? Yeah, that game is March 25th. He's name it right now. It's basically a month away right now, and I'm not sure how a national team dispute how quickly it resolves because unlike a club situation with a uh, with with like a we've had that like happen a, here, a, a league situation where you're playing every week and there's constant pressure of how or constant ways to influence an ownership. The national team plays what once every month, every two months. Does it go a lot slower in terms of talks? I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, you know, there is a we, we do have that. We've had that experience here, and back I don't know, it was about ten years ago, ten, ten or twelve years ago. There was a dispute with mm-hmm. the players and the federation, and uh, I think it was Bruce Arena at the time was forced to call in a lot of you know second tier guys, guys who weren't necessarily in the players' union already because. My understanding is you get one cap, you're in the National Team Players Union. So nice. if you are uncapped... It's like a SAG card. Yeah, sort of like that. If you're uncapped, I, I guess... I mean, how do you turn that down? I don't, do you count as a scab? I think Clyde Sims was called up by the from the Richmond Kickers. And this is the only reason I know this is because he's the he is the only other second division player ever called up to play for the senior national team the way that... Um, uh, why am I blanking on his name? The Minnesota United player was called up. Ibarra. Ibarra. Miguel Ibarra. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, you know, I, I, here's the thing. If they do decide to find another opponent, I think it's unfortunately kind of limited for them and they kind of do it on the fly because they have a Switzerland a game against Switzerland six days later. But I don't think they so do you gotta, that. Think, you got to try yeah. to find a European opponent. I don't think they can do that. I think they're probably going to end up playing a second-tier Denmark team, which, again, whether or not that's that's not a disaster, I suppose, but it probably isn't the challenge that Klinsman was looking for. 
Does it get televised on ESPN two? You think? Yeah, I don't think. Well, who would know? Who would, you think they're going to show like a second division, like the, the Danish team playing the the, the U.S. national team on who, ESPN two? Who would know? Who who in the United States watching that game would know? Oh, Nicholas Bentner's not there. Ugh. I don't even know if he's getting called up for the national team anymore. I think I think he's <laughs> doing peyote in a quad of a college somewhere. <laughs> Running around in a diaper, in an adult diaper, <laughs> speaking gibberish. I just wanted to see how it feels. Ah, uh, but I'm saying, listen, nobody would know better, know any better. So you probably still play the game. It's just not the challenge. I mean, it's just it's just a small thing. An interesting note. As the United States, the national team continues. I got a couple other national team notes. I'll stick in that realm. What I'm learning from this conversation is that unions ruin the world. Uh, wow, you and my grandfather would get along fantastically. I'm not, no, I'm not necessarily. I, I listen as a member of management, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I shouldn't talk about. Yeah, this, by the by the way, there's certain ones I like. There's certain ones I don't. Let's just I, say it that. By way. the way, I was going to ask you: is there is is there any impact on your job with what's going on out, on out in LA at the docks? Oh, yeah. Luckily, they solved it today. The port issue. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it got solved today. But otherwise, yeah, I would be up. Uh, uh, S Creek for a little bit. Okay, here we go. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple of national team topics before I move on. One of them, and I haven't. The only reason to bring this up is not only is he playing well and he's getting some attention, but there's that dual international element of being pulled by pulled one way by Mexico, pulled another way by the United States. And I've yet to to get your take on this. Ventura Alvarado, defender for Club America, lots of ch- chatter around him being a U.S. national team player. Born in Phoenix, was there until he was 16. Moved down to Mexico to play soccer. Uh, one of these countries is going to cap him. The United States probably should move pretty quickly, right? Yeah, I would I would guess so. I mean, he's got, uh, what, 13 appearances since uh, 2012 for America. I mean, it's not not a whole lot, but... It, uh, he, was a, yeah, he, he was a part of their, their title-winning team. Yeah, uh, and also he's part of their youth system. So I, that's why I think, like, I, even though he's born in the U.S., I wonder if he identifies himself more as Mexican. He's a product of America's youth team. I imagine that means a uh, lot not, to him. That's, that's um, not what I've heard. That's not what I've heard by from Brian Shreda, people who are uh, um, uh, Eric Gomez, who's down in Mexico covering Mexican soccer. He said that he he is he's pretty American through and through. Uh, his, in fact, he okay. he didn't speak a lot of his Spanish when he ro- arrived to Mexico City. He had to learn his Spanish. Um, and there's been even some question of whether or not his Spanish is any good. Although Eric says wow. it's fine, Eric says it's fine. It's just northern northern Mexican Spanish versus southern or central Mexican Spanish, and that's why people think it's strange. But he he is intrigued by the U.S. opportunity, and again, you know, I, I don't think it's like fifty fifty, and I don't know that what's in the kid's head, and I'm not saying that um, I'm not saying that there's a there's a danger any moment of losing him to Mexico. He may not not want to play for Mexico. He may be willing to wait for the United States. But if he's got talent, mm-hmm. and we just went through our center back problem last week, Jared. Yeah, maybe he's an opportunity. Maybe he's got an opportunity to step into that to that spot. No, I'm not going to act like I know a lot about Ventura Alvarado. He didn't really hit on my radar until I saw that he was pl- starting in the like the end of the last season, the 2014 Apertura. I knew that's when I he kind of came on my my radar that there was Americans starting in the back for America during that uh, that title uh, run right there. So, I mean, I'm not going to act like I know a lot about him, but listen, if he's good enough for America, the the biggest team in Mexico, let's not have to kid ourselves in terms sure. of fan base, in terms of money, terms and of getting success. starting minutes in championship area, then, what, are you going to tell me Chivas is bigger? Is no, 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 I said in terms of success, Club America, bigger. Yeah, yeah, and so if, if, if it's worthy of that, if he's worthy of that stage, then yeah, you got to get him in. Okay. You got to get him in and see what he's doing. Like, listen, would you rather get Steve Birdbaum in this situation? Or would you rather get Ventura Alvarado? Who's playing more quality minutes at a higher level to a profile right now? Well, Ventura I mean, Alvarado's playing higher minutes at a higher quality. Okay, like, Birdbaum's going to do wrong. Birdbaum's probably going to see some Champions League action right here. But is that the same as playing in front of a hundred thousand people? Well, I, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily like to use. I mean, yes, okay. The Mexican League is better than the than MLS on the whole, but I, I'm not sure that those necessarily, that's necessarily the way to judge these no, players. No, but for, for, for no, think of Jurgen. I'm talking about stuff. I'm Jurgen Klinsmann. Jurgen Klinsmann's all about preparing yourself at the highest level you possibly can at any given time. Is anyone else in MLS being prepared for a high-intensity atmosphere than Ventura Alvarado is right now? No, probably not. Probably not. Okay, now, now, listen, Dempsey has stuff in his back pocket from time in the EPL. Bradley has time, stuff in his back pocket from World okay, Cups I, and Serie A. There's certain guys that do. But in terms of right now in MLS... No one is getting tested at that same level. Okay, I don't. I don't really care either way. I just want to see him get a look because I think he does deserve a look. And if he's playing well at a high level, whether it's MLS or 
or, or League MX, we'd be calling for him to be in the team. We'd be calling for him to get a shot. I mean, the problem is you couldn't bring him into the January camp because that's yeah. not the timing doesn't work out there. So really what you're looking at is whether or not he is a candidate March. for the for the Gold Cup team. Yeah, you, you've got some friendlies. Um, if, is that a, is that yeah, a few- you wonder how many guys he's going to bring from stateside or even in Mexico to a European based, uh, two I hope he brings some. Um, I hope he brings, I hope he brings, I hope he brings some guys because uh, if it's an international window, he has no excuse. So might as well do that. Take the opportunity. I mean, especially Mexico, a Mexican player. Again, to, not a Mexican, I mean, a Mexican league player to get him into the, to the system, to get him an opportunity to see, uh, whether or not he fits in the, in the team. And again, we went through the center back depth. It's, there's not a whole lot there. It's, it's question. It's not that there aren't players. It's not that there are, there aren't numerous players who have been in that role or Klinsman has identified for that role is that we have questions about every single one of them. So unless you're 100% locked in in about, you know, two levels deep at that position, Ventura Alvarado deserves a look. That's all I say. Uh, speaking of, um, uh, dual internationals, Jurgen Klinsman reaching out to, this is a fullback, Hamburg's Ashton. Guts, trying to get him into sure. the team. Now, what I've heard about this kid, and we'll get to Robert from LA in a second. So just hold on, Robert. What I've heard about this right. kid is that he he has very little connection to his American father. He's never talked to his American father. Doesn't like his mm-hmm. American father. His Americanness is pretty low level when we're talking about these German kids. Now, that's not a reason to keep him out of the team, and I'm not saying it is, but it may make mm-hmm. it harder to go through the process because in order to get his pass is his passport. He's a citizen, but in order to get his passport to be eligible for the national team, he's going to have to contact somebody over there on Papa's family. So that may be an issue. But if if there's a fullback coming onto the scene in the Bundesliga, and that's a pretty damn high level, Jared, you pretty you can't pass him up either. Even if right back is a position where you've got six or seven guys, it seems like. Yeah, and for those that may not know, plays for Hamburg defender, twenty uh, one year old right now. Uh, definitely. Um, uh, just like uh, Julian Green recently playing on the U23s in Hamburg. Actually, I don't know if Julian Green actually did it or not, but there's two guys that should know each other. You know, uh, and Julian Green and, uh, and Ashton Gutz. Actually, I kind of would like it having to think, I like having a guy with umlauts in his name on the team. <laughs> I, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to that. This is the first, uh, but, uh, yeah, the, he, he would be the first, right? None of these other American German yeah. players have, have umlauts. Yeah, so I would say I, I think um, you have someone like Julian Green in your camp, and he's probably letting him know what's what it's all about with the U.S. And at the end of the day, uh, the question that he's going to ask himself is the same one every other dual national is going to ask himself: What are my chances of playing for Germany? And yeah. how much do I want? How much do I want to leverage potential versus what I can get right now? Yeah, that, and you it. see in the case of Julian Green and a number of other guys, they choose the U.S. because it's available to them now. Yeah, Robert, what's up, man? Hey guys, um, on, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but um, I was watching the Daytona 500 and they had like a really good promo for the Women's World Cup. They kind of like tied in the men from Brazil and saying like how the women's were the next chapter. It was uh, very highly produced, so mm-hmm. I just want to get your thoughts. I don't know if you've seen it, but also I want to ask you about the uh, Hope Solo coming back. I have not well, also, seen it. Also, uh, just so you know, Ambie Wambach waved the green flag for the Daytona 500 today as well. Oh, so I'm sure cool. there's a lot of integration there. That's cool. I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's a Fox product, right? The Daytona 500? Yeah. 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 So that, that, that's good. That's good cross-promotion for them. Um, in terms of the, the, uh, the promo, I have not seen it. I did not watch the Daytona 500. I was doing something else at the time. And I probably wouldn't have watched it anyway. Uh, as for Hope Solo, look, she is the best goalkeeper in the pool. I realize that she did something stupid. I realize that she's probably got two strikes and that the next one may be the it for her, but they need her. And if that's the case, just tell me, tell me this. Listen, I'm not a U.S. women's guy. Like I'm not totally plugged in at all times. Like that. I will watch every game of their World Cup without a doubt. I'll watch games when they're available, but I'm not, not plugged in guy. who I am. Like a U.S. in the men's. You, but, wait, wait, Jared, uh, Jared. Are you saying you don't like American women? Is that what you just said? <laughs> You don't oh, like America. No, I shouldn't say. What is the real true difference, off? as I understand it, between yes. the position Hope Solo put herself in and being in what may be allegedly a uh, a drunk driver's car on during a camp and what Charlie Davies did? It, it, and it, it, well, it was it was a US, the outcome is the only difference. It was a U.S. soccer van is what it was. So that that that's doubling down on the dumbness. 
Uh, look, I, I think it's a, I think it's egregious. I think what she did was very, very wrong. But they passed down their punishment, and she served it, so she comes back. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, what else are you supposed to do here? You want to kick her off the team? Fine, kick her off the team, but don't mess around with it. Like, just make your decision. The pro, and again, the problem is that stars and the best players at their position, the player that is the best that you absolutely need to get to your highest level, tends to get some leeway on these in these things. I, I, you know, knowing who Jeremy Stevens is, I'm sure he's going to do something stupid again. Hopefully she's not caught up in it and hopefully she doesn't lose her spot playing for the U.S. because of it. Because I, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I get that. Well, here's the thing. If, if you're, if, if you're, uh, Jillian Ellis, right, the, the coach right now for, for the women's team, you're under intense fire right now for the lineup choices that are being made, yeah. the roster choices that are being made. Yeah. If I'm her, I bring Holo up solo back as soon as I can because yeah. it changes the conversation. Yeah, and look, you know, and there's always going to be something to talk about with Hope Solo that's going to divert the attention from all the heat that I'm under right now. Well, there's there's that. There's also the the fact that nobody seems to have a problem with Hope in the camp. None of the none of her teammates seem to have an issue with her. What are they going to say? Well, I'm I'm just saying you would there would be leaks. People would be talking behind the scenes to reporters. They would be say they would say things off the record like nobody can stand hope. We hope you know I don't want her around anymore. But hey, she's our best goalkeeper. What are we gonna you know that stuff would leak out if that if it was happening. I watched that French game the other day where the U.S. took a licking. Okay, against a very good looking French side. I don't think the goalkeeper that was started that day, and I apologize, I'm forgetting who her name was. I don't think she looked bad at all. I don't think she was a huge step down from Hope Solo. I don't know that it's a necessary thing, but there is something to be said for the leadership that Hope Solo brings as being a veteran of multiple World Cups. Yeah, that was she's Ashton probably Harris. the best in her field. It may be in the world if it's not definitely in the U.S. I it's just you got to start asking yourself a question. At some point, there's the danger. I always go point back to the 2010 French World Cup team. Yeah, there's cancers inside a team. They send it tend to come out under pressure circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And do you want to take that risk? Yeah. Yeah, I, Damn, I, dog. In a probes. That's for the French women, and never mind. Uh, Robert, oh, the, the other, looks so good that the, day. The other thing that uh, that Robert asked was whether or not we'd be doing shows for that tournament. We don't have any. We don't currently have any plans to do that. Uh, it's more about logistics than anything else, Robert. So um, you know, stay tuned. But but it doesn't seem likely. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Robert. Robert, Robert from LA calling in, talking about the uh, the U.S. women. Um, I'm looking forward to that tournament. Whether or not the, the the MLS players go on strike or not, at least we'll have that to kind of to look forward to this. Summer. I'll tell you right now, though, if US falls out, I'm going to support that French team. That French team really knows how to play. Yeah, no, you know, they're, 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 good. they're a really fun team to watch. They are very good. Uh, the United States also um, went and, after they lost to France, they went and beat England one nothing. That was not a convincing performance um, from them, but I, it, it, they they did get the win. So we'll see how Jill Ellis juggles all of these things it's good what times. do you think about the 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 the, the away jerseys that the women's will be we pl- will be wearing in the world cup is it this is the, it's the same jersey for the men right both teams yeah same one yeah. same one yeah it's the one that uh that our friend brooks peck over at uh at um dirty tackle said look like the printer run out of ran out of ink is that kind yeah, of yeah I, I equated it to a scrambled porn channel in the late <laughs> 80s early 90s it definitely looks like um, you know, the, the, the vertical, what do they call it? Remember the old TVs? I mean, you and I are old enough to remember. Yeah, you had, when you had to adjust the vertical, yeah. um, what's it called? Tracking? Yeah, the of? tracking or whatever it was. It was that. on a, v, a VCR. Well, not only that, TVs had it too. Like they had a knob yeah. and you had to adjust. Yeah, the you, vert- had a, you had a, you had a U draw, a U nub. So it was a, v, a vertical and a horizontal knob and you had yes. to tune them in yes. just right. Right. Exactly. That's what it looks like. I'm, See, kids, don't, you don't know how easy you have it. Man, when I was a kid, we had this television that had knobs on it, first of all, and it had been struck by lightning at one point. And so, like, yes. you'd be watching it and it would, like, randomly, the entire picture would go red. And you'd have. Okay, to- you're kind of burying the lead right here. Tell me about the TV that somehow was struck by lightning. Well, you know, like, the house was struck by lightning and it, it you know, went down. No, the I line. don't know that. I didn't know that happens to houses. Yes, that can occasionally happen to houses. They can be struck by lightning. And then, you know, you, everything, like, Everything electronic in the house. Everything I know about things struck with lightning means either it makes your bat hit home runs. <laughs> that's good. Or it gives you like superpowers. Yeah, well, that's not true. You you might die actually. But anyway, so the the yeah. the, the the house got hit by lightning. Everything in that that it's electronic in the house gets overloaded. So the TV got overloaded. So for the rest of the TV's life, and it lasted like another ten years, it would randomly the picture would randomly go red. You would literally have to get up. Go to the TV, and of course, remember, these are these TVs that are like two and a half feet mm. deep. 
yeah. it was like wood paneled, like it was fake, it was metal, but it was like wood. What in what in houses in the eighties were not wood paneled? <laughs> and you'd smack the thing on the side as hard as you could, literally. You would bang, and it would go back to to regular color. <laughs> That's TV in the eighties, my friend. <laughs> a good good tweet right here. This one comes from uh, Ray Orozco. Uh, which is Ray D. Ray D. Orozco too on Twitter, and he says the X Factor with Alvarado. What's his relationship with Herrera? It's a good call. No, it um, is. Um, it uh, is. Herrera, former coach of of America, would have yeah. been there during um, his youth setup there in his first caps with America. That's a very, very good question. Yeah, absolutely. And I brought that up when I've talked about it on Soccer Morning, and, and nobody seems to really know whether he has a lot of loyalty to Herrera or not, whether or not Herrera could talk him into playing for the for the Mexican national team instead of the United States. Again, this, and ultimately, and I know people get mad, I don't know if people get mad at me, but they get frustrated that I'm pointing this out. It's the kid's decision. If he plays for Mexico, I'm not going to be upset about that. I'm not going to blame U.S. soccer. It's his choice. If he feels more Mexican than American, then good for him. Go play for Mexico. If he feels more American than Mexican, he'll play for the United States and we all have a party. I mean, it doesn't it's one of those things. Like it just, it's going to res- resolve itself eventually. And I don't, I'm not sure I blame anybody. We go, everybody wants to blame U.S. soccer every time a kid's missed because of Sabotage, right? Yeah. I think he's the one that everyone talks about, the guy that got away. I mean, Ro- Giuseppe Rossi is in that category too, but he was always going to play for he Italy. Always was going to play for Italy. He was never going to play for the U.S. So let that one go. All right. So, uh, let's move on from, uh, from national team topics. And again, uh, the women's national team with Hope Solo coming back is interesting, but there's some, some MLS stuff, some, some news floating around. Uh, interesting to hear up in, uh, from out, from up in Toronto that Josie Outdoor says he had how many offers here? Six. Four yeah, German I think it was clubs. Like, uh, what, I think it was three. I know it was Italy, France, and uh, loan opportunity EPL Germany. I, it was something like like oh yeah, four in Germany alone, according to Trevor. This is from Curtis Larson of the Toronto Sun. Althor tells me he turned down four German clubs, two French clubs, two Italian teams, and a potential loan option to the, to the Premier League to join TFC. Uh, you know, again, it's this is everybody's personal decision. It's the player's personal decision, but I think it's easy for people to start going. Yeah, but okay, what I, are you listen, doing? I, just in case you guys were wondering, I turned down Barcelona last week. Who can prove me wrong? Well, this is true. This is very true. He could be blowing smoke. It's a little specific to be smoke because he could just say, "I had you know five five uh, top half European teams after me," or he could say three you know four German teams and leave out the rest. And who knows? Here's the other thing. Who knows how far along any of that was? So you could call, if you really wanted to stretch the definition, and I'm not really bagging on Josie here, but if you wanted to stretch the definition, Josie's, Josie's agent gets a call from, I don't know, let's say, let's say Hamburg, just because we've been talking about them. I know the bottom of the table. Let's say Hamburg. He gets a call from Hamburg. Hamburg's like, well, we hear that your, that your client is available. Verber, okay, Werder Bremen is mentioned. We hear your client's available. How much would it take to get him to come to Germany? And the agent says, oh, take this much. And they go, thank you. Yeah, we'll be, we'll Toronto's get... given us $6 million. Well, not even that yet. Just for them to say, okay, we'll get back to you. Click. Now, Joe's got to eventually signs with Toronto. Does he count that? Werder Bremen calling as an option, as a, as a, as an offer? Did he turn down? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, if you, if you went and had an interview at, um, I don't know. What, let's say that you're, um, I was going to say uh, like a financial broker, but that's probably not the right <laughs> profession to be focused on right now. I don't know. Give me a profession where you could go and interview with the top company in that profession, interviewed, and uh-huh. they said, we'll get back to you, and then never call you. Wouldn't you claim that? Oh, I had an offer. Wouldn't you claim CEO. that on your resume? Yeah, like, oh, I, I got to meet this guy, and um, you know, ultimately they decided that I wasn't, uh, or, or they didn't offer me enough money or something like that. Wouldn't you spin that? Oh, if you're that? CEO, uh, you totally do that. You, you completely spin this stuff. Maybe yeah, but here's he the thing. Josie, what it comes down to then for me, because I listen, it makes me almost angry that Josie didn't stay in, in Europe if he had all those offers, but how are you going to turn down six million? He was That's never going to make that money at any of those other clubs in Europe get, get based on where he was as he finished in Sunderland. That's why the overpaying for Americans in MLS is such a dangerous thing. He should be over there grinding it out still Wait, trying to whoa, be the American whoa, that made whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's dangerous what? to who? I think it's dangerous to the American player. Because you want them to be in Europe. 
I want them. Uh, listen, and, and this is part of what but this part of the only parts I agree with with Jurgen Klinsmann is that they need to fight for something over there. If you're gonna, if you get a six million dollar payday for coming back to MLS Again. as one of the worst strikers in the EPL, okay, that's giving you too comfortable of a situation. There are some players who do well when they have to fight for everything, when they have to struggle, when they have to work for their position in a team. And I think Trevor's on board with you on this one. I'm just playing devil's advocate when I say that's not every player. Not every player needs to go to Werder Bremen and try really hard because there's three Landon other Donovan, strikers. Landon Donovan would be the example of the, of the alternative. Yes, and, and I think that there is an exception. I'm not saying Josie Outdoor's that exception. I'm saying Michael Bradley or Clint Dempsey or anybody else that has come back for big money is that exception. But they I'm do just saying exist. if Josie Altor comes back to the U.S. for two million a year, now he's having to guess. Ooh, should I make the move to the to America? Should I go back to the U.S. or should I keep trying to grind it out for something bigger here in Europe? If you make it six, man, you're just I'm a, sorry. You're just hating. You're just hating. I mean, it's so it's this, it's economics. Dude. I just I think we're overpaying for it, it's supply and demand, and I think they overpaid. Okay, for they good. did. They overpaid because they want the American player here or they want that player here. And in this case, it's but weird this that- is the type of stuff when 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 the player. This is the stuff that makes me like nervous when we talk about the CBA because if if these things go unchecked like this and you pay six million dollars for a guy like Josie, I get I get the owner's position and the league's position of how are we going to keep this from spiraling out of control? Because you can even see with the limited amount of restrictions they chose that are already to do there, it. it's spiraling already. They chose to do it. You can't, you can't say, you can't like, have, whoa, 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 whoa. We have a past whoa. history in the U.S. of whoa. teams folding and whoa. leagues folding whoa. for overpaying. Whoa. whoa. You can't go rob a bank and then join the city council and go, our security is lax at our local banks. Um, you know, we need to fix. No, no, you can't, you don't get to have it both ways. If you're an MLS owner who has stepped up and paid $6 million to Josie Outdoor, $6 million to Michael Bradley, $6 million to Clint Dempsey, whatever those numbers are. To Kaka and Gerard and everybody else, whether they're American or not. You can't then go cry. You can't go claim that the system needs to be, you know, needs to stay in place to gain, guarantee financial salt. You chose to spend that money. You're saying we have the money to spend. We just don't want to spend it on the middle class guys to make the league better across the board. We want our stars. So if I'm a, I'm, if I'm a, I'm ra- not saying that. I'm saying pay Josie two and give everyone else a raise. Okay, fine. But what, but what you're saying is that the owners are going to go and, and to the players and say we can't, ha- we can't give you what you want because look at what's happening when they're the ones creating the situation as it's happening. Okay, I, I agreed. But you, you can't completely absolve a player and his representation staff from the scenario. They're half of that equation as well. Wait, so, so wait, they took the best offer on the table. I mean, okay, yes. They did, but they still have to say yes. They still have to pitch that. And in this case, listen, a guy did what he was paid to do. A representative did what he was paid to do and got Josie the most money that he possibly could. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know that an MLS is ready for big business stuff like this to regulate itself. I think it's a stupid decision by Toronto, and it makes me, it, it worries me that how many other teams are going to make stupid decisions like this, and I'm not going to have a league to watch in 10 years. Wow. Okay, Jared, there, who knew you, Jay Rodius, were such a sour, dour, sad sack guy when it comes to these, these issues. I didn't realize that you were financially conservative on this level, Mr. Dubois. I don't know that I am, but let's listen, when they paid that money to Bradley, it was a lot, but I got it. He's a guy returning at a, in good form. And I mean, Dempsey, same thing. I didn't really care too much about the amount of money on those two. But when we start talking about Josie Altador at six, when you start talking about what's the number is going to be for Tim Howard, you know where his agent's going to start. His agent's going to start at six. Yeah, Tim Howard's shooting those rumors down. Maybe that's just. I a- know, but either way, I mean, if he was to come back right now, and I'm worried that we are going to overpay for these Americans and. They're not as if if Kaka and 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 uh, Gerard, these guys are worth this amount of money. Josie's at a different tier, and it worries me that we have these blinders on when it comes to Americans coming back. Why don't you wait and see how he does this season, and then we can have this. Discussion. Listen, it has nothing to do with what he does this season. It's about what you paid for market value. He's a talented striker who still starts. I'm not the saying US otherwise. Team. Yeah, I said two million dollars. That's a that's a lot of money. Okay, fair enough. I, I mean, you're right. There is a premium being paid here. Josie Absolutely. will probably lead the league in goals this year. And if that's the case, yeah, maybe they made did the right thing with $6 million. It just seems like a lot of money to put up 
for a guy that wasn't coming back in form just because he's American. Okay. Well, you don't know that it's just because he's American, but again, this is what it, it cost TFC to get him. You don't think to, they could have got a higher profile striker somewhere in the world for $6 million? Well, they signed Sebastian Jovinko, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, I, I know it, it's, I, I get it as counterintuitive, and I'm not saying it's the right decision. I think, I think TFC is, off their rocker for spending that much money. Listen, I get it. It's America. You're free to make mistakes with your money. It's a capitalist system. It, it, everything will catch up to them eventually. I get it. But it just it doesn't it doesn't mean that I just I like watching what I looks like bad business go on. I apologize. You know, like I don't mean to be that dour. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. Just, there's they, a part of me that just it, they're, it, they're it, one it skin crawl. They're one team out of twenty one. They're one team that's had made terrible decisions the entire okay, time but, they've been in the league. But that's the thing. You cannot account, you can't assume that everybody in the league is going to make the right decisions. There are going to be plenty of teams who, who operate with a bad business model or make wrong decisions. That's the nature of sports. That's why the Cleveland Browns are never good. So you need to just take that the, that TFC has done this to themselves and maybe take them as the exception rather than, it's, it's not like San Jose's running around spending six million dollars on players with with bad you know with terrible reps uh, who haven't scored the goals. The problem is it's put every other team in position that now when they want to bring someone over they have this they have this precedent they have to try. Did they to say? Meet. Did they say no? And they move on and they hire they sign somebody okay. for less money. That's the way the market works. So yeah, you're right. If there's a, a another strike, I mean, Juan Agudelo came back to MLS. He's not making six million dollars. He didn't do anything. He wasn't even playing. But he didn't do anything. It's not like the precedent was set so high that New England had to play, pay a ridiculous premium to get Agadello back. I mean, I, I'm guessing he got some sort of raise, but I don't know what it was. It's not $6 million. I think this is just a I just, weird... I would, like to see a, I would like to see the ability for a team to set a contract at $2 million with tons of incentives for if you score goals. Okay, fine. Get $6 million that way. But, but that's just... Okay, you're just advocating for, for teams to be smarter with the way that they spend their money. Yes. But that every sport has examples of teams who pay ridiculous money to players that they shouldn't be paying. And then they pay the price and they're the bad team for 10 years. They're the teams that yeah. saddled by the contract. So that's, and, and again, this happens in every sport. Oh, you and, really want to take this someplace fun? We have three minutes to do so. What's, 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 what's the punishment of Toronto FC if they, if they fail? They don't get relegated. No. <laughs> ah. Okay, here we go. Danger zone! There you go. You're lucky we have three minutes left. No, but they will suck and there's and there's their attendance will drop. They're adding seats to their building right now. They're add they're they're, they're the capacity of BMO Field is gonna be thirty thousand people. And if they can't put together a winning team, that's why they spent six million dollars, by the way. Because they're trying they're desperately trying. They're get, they're asking their fans to give them one more shot. They're now it's buy themselves out of a hole. It's not just Josie, it's also Michael Bradley, obviously last year. It's Giovanco coming in. Now they still don't have any defenders, but hey, you know what? They'll win five four every week. That would be fun. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun if they could win five four every week? Yeah. Uh I, I guess I'm 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 the guy that's no one's gonna like this. I'm the guy that said like bad things about unions. I'm the guy that talked bad about players in the in the CBA, and I'm the guy that now is saying that players are too greedy. So I guess I'm the guy that everyone's gonna hate by the end of this <laughs> you're, podcast. You're a t you're a fat cat. You're sitting up there and And I insulted all Asians. On top of your on top of your pile of money there in Ontario, California. Just, just... Yeah, I got no money, but it's just like something just don't make sense to me. <laughs> Maybe I'm too simple minded. All right, we have uh, less than two minutes left. Very, very quickly. Thoughts on Mike Grella signing for the Red Bulls. Man, rough. I mean, I, this is a guy that for people that follow Yanks abroad for a long time, a guy I think he was at Leeds for a while. Yep. Chose to uh, bypass the American system and go go overseas. I, I I guess it's nice he's coming back. He has the pedigree behind him. It's just it's unfortunate when you see a guy out here that really tried to grind it out for a long time. And this is the complete opposite of what I was saying about Josie. He tried to grind it out the whole time, didn't make it. Now he has to come back to MLS. I'm glad it's there for him. I'm glad MLS is here for the Mike Grellas. That's the guy that MLS should be like, like there for to okay. catch on the way back okay, down. Okay, fine. You, I didn't realize this was going to be a message show. Jared Dubois' message show about American players and their work ethic. Thank you for that. Um, uh, Jane Richards on trial with the Red Bulls. Wouldn't that be awesome if he signed with the Red Bulls and came back? 
The return of Dane. Yeah, Richards. where are you going to play him though? You got Lloyd Sam on one side. No, he's you not going to play. You have uh, Dane Richards on the other side. You can play Sasha in the middle. What's how's that going to work? He's going to be depth. He, he's not good enough to start anymore. I don't think he's an MLS uh, starter at this level. I mean, at, at his point, well, he's still trying. He's just trialing with him. I mean, it wasn't good enough for them just to sign out, right? So. Right. So he's going to be a depth player. He'll get some spot starts. It'll be it'll be a thing. Uh, I suppose. I'll take this. If he doesn't get on with Red Bulls, he'll get on with some MLS team. You can't teach speed, and there's teams out there who'll get him just for that. Maybe. Hopefully, he's still got those wheels. Man, he was fun to watch back in the day. All right, yeah. uh, I, you know what? Nothing else here. Oh, Gilberto. Speaking of Toronto, Gilberto finally loaned to Vasco da Gama. That's a that's a done deal. I feel you like knew they, that had to happen. I feel like they never really, you know, really tr- gave him a full shot at this. But hey, you know what? You moved on. Well, they moved there's on. There's there's an article to be written out there by someone about all the little DPS that teams are taking chances on that you never hear from again. There's tons of DPS. That you and I could never name. Okay, Bronco Boscovich, guys like that. Like, uh, was he a DP? Yeah, I mean, just last year, San Jose signed a, signed a DP striker. Oh, I you, don't know his name. Here's one. Yeah, we should play name that DP one day. Yeah, we should do that. You remember Giovanni playing for the for San Jose? Yeah, from the whole city. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's gonna do it for uh, best soccer show. Remember, we are Sunday nights live only now, so your podcast will come out every Monday morning. That's uh, the new weekly schedule. Make sure you go to iTunes, give us a rating. And a review, backheel.com slash store has some very cool stuff that you can purchase to help support the show. Mr. Dubois, do you think we need a best soccer show t-shirt? We're working on that. We still haven't figured that out yet. What else? Yeah, if you've got any fans out there with the graphic design ability, uh, put a submission in. Oh, by the way, since you don't watch NASL, you didn't know this. Mike Grella played in NASL last year, so... Shame on okay. you, Jared. Shame I'm, I'm on you. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, you're going to hold me accountable for something I already admitted to? I don't watch NASL? <laughs> That's it. We're gone. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.